Warning, some may find the details on this podcast disturbing as there are some pretty severe injuries along the way. Now that you've been warned, let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Caden Fair. The White House announced that President Trump had commuted the prison sentence of Ted Sewell, a former operator of a behavioral health company in Arkansas. When when Teddy choked me, I caught him and Sheila in the mall as well. Teddy had a way of talking down to us and being very disrespectful. They just tackled this dude. And, like, he hits his head on the concrete and, and, like, busted. He's bleeding a little bit. He's like, dude, like, why would they do that to me? And I was like, dude, I don't, like, I'm just, like, shell-shocked, you know? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so when I started telling him I knew about him and Sheila and he was sneaking around and all that, he comes around the car and pushes me up against a pole up under the car porch and chokes me. And when he does that, I kick him in his thing, and we're fighting at that point. Who was convicted on bribery and fraudulent charges in July of 2016. The White House said Trump's decision to commute Sewell's sentence was influenced by former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee and former U.S. Attorney Bud Cummins. And uh, he pretty much grabbed the kid out of the chair, uh, jumped on him, grabbed him out of the chair, knocked him to the floor and desks went everywhere. They ended up under the teacher's desk. And I heard, which was about like eight, 10 feet away. And I heard what I thought at the time was probably a pencil snap, but it turned out to be the kid's arm. I do know that it was made out to be the kid's fault. See, I had to, I had to write up a report also of what happened. But when they read my report, they asked me to change it. Charlie warned us not to talk to anybody about anything at the ranch and to say everything was good because Ricky would be taken back to his drug addicted mother and would probably die. I got called up to the office to be on a phone call with somebody, I, I don't remember the guy's name, and they were asking us questions about it. <clears throat> well, when I, they had a copy of my report about what happened there it wasn't my report it was a typewritten report not the handwritten one i had my, it, it had my signature on it yes they had copied my signature it was a photocopy the whole thing was a photocopy of it i've been having a really bad week i don't know why it might be because i haven't gotten any mail for a while because the lady who sorts our mail was on a vacation People here are aggravating me. They keep telling me I'm not allowed to use the second part of my last name and that it isn't my name. It's really making me mad. My mom already talked to them about it. I have a hyphenated last name. Why am I not allowed to use my name? Hello? Hello? Hey. Hey, is this Caden? Yes, it is. Alrighty, this is Ryan. Nice to meet you, man. Finally, good to talk to you. Right, likewise. So, uh, alright, so for the record, you're, uh, it's Caden uh, Fair. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Okay. 
And uh, you said you went to the Lord's Ranch. Let's see. You said, uh, what were the years you were there? It was, uh, I believe, uh, January of 2012 um, into, I think I left end of October, early November of the same year. Maybe 2013, because I turned 13 there. You turned 13 there, okay. People need to know what went on there for sure. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And this stuff, I mean, this, I mean, it almost went on for five decades. So, yeah. I mean, I was there from 04 to 05. And then I was, mm-hmm. I was just talking to uh, somebody yesterday that was there in like uh, the early 90s or, or in late 80s. Like, mm-hmm. So it was like crazy. People were getting abused there before I was even born. So, yeah, right. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. How crazy. old are you right now? I'm 23. Oh, okay. Right on. What landed you at the Lloyd's Ranch? Did the court send you there or was it uh, your parents? How'd that happen? Um, it was kind of a combination of both. Um, I had, I was, I always hung out with like older kids, you know, um, and this, this older guy who I like went to school with and stuff. Uh, he talked me into like uh, taking my sister's car for a joyride and um like early in the morning, it was on uh, New Year's. How old uh, were you then? I was twelve. Okay. And uh, he was sixteen, and he ended up leaving like weed and like uh like a bomb stuff in the car, and he like ran away, and so basically it was all on me. My mom was thinking like, oh, like you're doing all this at twelve, you know, like you need to like get in trouble. So I went to jail and whatnot, and then went to court, and then they ordered me there for nine months, six to nine months, actually. So, and then how long did you end up staying there? I was there for 11 months. Um, My probation ended at six months, and my mom was uh, starting to get a little nervous around, like, the nine-month mark, because I was like, they said six to nine. I was like, I should be getting out this month, you know? Right. And uh, it ended up, like... Two months later, my mom just had to like drive all the way up there to Warm Springs and just like went off and basically threatened to sue them for uh, holding me hostage. And she thought that they were trying to like uh, sex traffic me or something, you know? Really? Yeah. She thought that, or was there a reason to believe that, or she was just kind of had you know concerned about you know you being there longer than you were supposed to? Well, I mean, she had you know asked around and you know probably heard some horror stories from other people mm-hmm. you know because my mom's like super into social media like i am and whatnot and uh so she had found out some crazy stuff and then you know that really swayed her her mind about me being there and staying there for two more months you know three more months like I, that wasn't supposed to be the case I went through the exact same thing. Uh, so I was supposed to be there six to nine months as well. And mm-hmm. I got out at 11 months. So it was exactly exactly what you went through. And my mom had to step in and intervene. And uh, yeah. she was like, no, he's done. Like, he's coming home. And the thing is, they would what they would do is they would try, at least this is how I see it and what i've kind of gathered is that they try to make the kids seem like they're worse than they really are after Mm -hmm. a certain amount of time and then they try to keep them as long as possible and for the kids who don't have any outside intervention they would stay there until they were you know i've heard kids staying there for like yeah to like 18 21 stuff like that you know and i I, there was a girl there i was 
you know, five years, some another girl is three years. And there's mm. some people that grew up there and they're just completely brainwashed now, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a, it was a pretty crazy place. And uh, mm -hmm. so let's go back a bit. Whenever you were getting sent there, how did they describe the place to you? Uh, they they definitely said that it would be a lot better than jail. Um, that I was under the impression from my mom that it was a no-contact facility. Um, they said that basically we'd be able to, like, work with horses and, like, go on outings and all this other stuff, you know, and basically have, like, free reign within the walls, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was kind of, like, you know, it's a long period of, like, time to stay, but I didn't want to stay in jail that long because, you know, I spent, like, five days in, in juvenile, and that's a 23-hour lockdown and one hour out a day. They have barely feed you and whatnot, so I was just kind of, like, ready to get somewhere where I could actually eat some food, you know? Right, and get some fresh air and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, at what point did you realize that it wasn't what you expected it to be? Um... I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like for the first couple of weeks, everything seemed like kind of like kosher and whatnot. And then I started like talking to the people who lived like in my room, you know, and uh, they were like, bro, this, this place is fucked, basically, you know, like they'll slam you and like put you on your neck and all types of stuff. And I was like, what? Like, so that kind of like instilled a little bit of fear in me. So I was like trying to be on my best behavior after that. Yeah. And there are still people out there that are like that think that that makes sense. Like that's okay. That's proof that the program works. It's like okay, let's uh let's go ahead and make a new rule. If anybody misbehaves, they are subject to being put in front of a firing squad. They are subject to a firing squad. They will be shot. And I don't care if it's flicking somebody's ear, whatever. You're gonna get shot. And then they look at the numbers and they go, oh, look at this. There's an uptick in well-behaved kids. It's proof. It's the new program. It works. It's like, well, yeah, it works because you're killing people for shooting spitwads at each other. But these are the same kind of morons that are pissed off at the Geneva Conventions. You know what I mean? Like they think, you know, do everything you can. Like, what about innocent people? Innocent people? What, what, what do you mean? Yeah, people do get accused of stuff that they didn't do. You know that, right? That does happen. But even if they are guilty, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't be abusing children. That is against the law. And they're wholeheartedly endorsing doing something against the law. So kids get sent to this place for breaking the law. So staff can break the law to teach them to not break the law. Do you see the problem with the premise of this idea? Does it make any sense? It's based on fallacy. And anybody who believes in it is just utterly idiotic. Yeah, it's crazy. I think it was my first week when I first saw somebody get slammed. And it was because he made his bed wrong or something like that. It was something really menial. But uh, he slammed the kid. And uh, as it turned out, this guy was also a police officer. So you can't really call the cops on these right. people, you know. They're, they're, I mean, they had all the connections they needed to basically do whatever they wanted to us with impunity. Did they ever put their hands on you, or were you able to avoid that? Uh, yeah, they 
the only time that they like so basically i knew like going in i gotta play this smart you know um try to make you know try to be on the bi's like i guess their side you know because you get extra incentives you know basically being like their little minion it was like basically they had these kids for hire to do what they wanted within these walls and uh man so i tried my best not to get into any altercations um and they told me like if if you do mess up here or you, if you try to run we're gonna send you to dys until you're 21 um which is basically like a juvenile prison like a prison you know um so i was trying my best to stay like on the right side of the fence um i did get put into a couple holds i never got slammed um but the people who like i would get into a fight with because i was on their side they just like you know grip me up on my arms and like basically like put my arms behind my head or something like that you know and the other people they would just they would lay into them and they'd slam them uh they put their knees like in their in the back of their spine and like these are big guys you know like oh yeah i remember dexter he was like probably 300 pounds like six one two like he was a big dude you know what was his and, name uh, uh dexter dexter okay i, don't, I never yeah, met dexter. real big dude he was a uh, like a muscle head you know yeah and uh and dude he would just like put his ginormous knee like in people's spines and like look around and, like smile about it you know it was like it was kind of sickening. Yeah, it seemed like they they enjoyed it. You know, a lot of them yeah. seemed like they enjoyed it. And yeah, you're right. They did. They they smirk about it and everything. Did you did, yeah. did you see anybody get any broken limbs or stitches or anything like that while you were there? Oh yeah, um, but not from not from any of the bis. Like I said, you know, they basically had like like these kids for hire. They put me in the older house. You know, I was 12 at the time, but my mentality was so far ahead that they went ahead and put me in like the 14 to 16, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was in there with like all the older kids and basically they kind of showed me the ropes on how to get on their good side. And uh, like some of the BIs would let me use their phone to like talk to my family on Facebook and stuff. And that's where the whole weird stuff happened with uh, like the BIs talking about my sister and whatnot. But um probably the, like one of the worst things that's like ingrained into my brain visually from that place was uh there was this guy his name was Parker and um he was like bullying this guy Joseph McCracken and uh Joseph was a little bit slower you know like he he wasn't all the way there mm -hmm. and so the BIs and even the kids like that were there with me they really didn't like that you know and so this guy, Jeff, it was me, Jeff, Taylor, and Chance. Um, I remember Jeff approached one of the BIs. I forget who it was. and was like, hey, basically, we want to we wanna beat the shit out of this guy. Um, can you just, like, turn a blind eye? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. Like, he's been messing with Joseph too much, you know. And so they told us just go around the other, like, the backside of, like, chapel, you know, right there by the basketball court and whatnot. Mm -hmm. and we took him back there i didn't even touch the guy but dude they just beat the dog shit out of him they jumped him and he was like literally on the ground like crawling away like on his hands and like on his you know belly like army crawling 
and Jeff like picked up the guy's head and like put it on the curb and stomped on the back of his neck and all you just saw was just blood gush out and his teeth were on the ground. Oh wow. Split his lip like damn near to his nose. He had to go get stitches and his teeth were all messed up after that. Wow. And that was basically the staff members orchestrated that, but they didn't want to have any involvement in it, so they couldn't get in trouble. Yeah, they couldn't they couldn't take it that far, you know. Questions would be asked. So what happened with that kid then after that? I mean, Man, assume, I he got stitches and everything, and then did he just go back to regular living, or how, how exactly did he? Uh, yeah, what what happened with him afterwards? They took him to the hospital. He got stitches. He came back, and everybody was like, "Damn, like your face is messed up," you know. Mm-hmm. And then he was right back at it. He was out with us. They didn't put him on like, you know, like any reclusive hold or anything like that. Nothing like that. No pain medication or anything. Oh, that you're aware of? Yeah. Yeah. I highly doubt it. Jeez. Whenever I broke my hand, they it, it took them like 14 to 15 days to take me to the hospital. And I didn't get any medication. They weren't putting me on like uh, like light duty. Because if, if like you're, I don't know how it was whenever you're there, but if you're like doing good and like they can trust you a little bit, then they'll let you go work with the horses and whatnot. And I was just, like, begging him, like, please, let me be on light duty. My hand was swelled up like like a baseball glove, and it was all black and blue. I couldn't even use it. Um, couldn't even, like, make a fist because it was just hurting so bad. And they had me out there. They were making me, like, pick these watermelons and whatnot out there. I was, like, basically pleading with them, like, please, just let me go back to school, you know? Yeah. So but They had no mercy on me there. Was that you? You had mentioned when we were talking before this. You had mentioned that it was a boxer's fracture. So was that from like hitting a wall or something, or did you punch somebody? No. Or? Yeah. So eventually, I was getting into uh, quite a few fights uh, in like the fourteen to sixteen house. Mm-hmm. So they moved me down to like the preteen house, and uh, they were like, "We want you to kind of like influence them in a better way and whatnot." And so I was like, I was kind of honored, you know, because they were like, all these kids were going wild. They were my age. And uh, they were like, we need you to kind of go in there and kind of be a mediator. I was like, okay, cool. So um, I went in there, right? And like my first week in there, this kid, uh, Justin, he split open a PB&J and he shoved it in my shoes. And uh, because like we could wear our regular shoes and whatnot, you know, like. It wasn't like juvenile or anything like that. Right. Well, I went and put on my shoes and I basically had peanut butter and jelly on both feet. And I was like furious because I just got these for my birthday and whatnot. And I walked into like the living room and I was like, like, who, who did this? You know, and everybody was like, Justin, straight off. And so I went into Justin's room and I pulled him off the top bunk and his body like hit the ground and he like leaned up. And as he, like, leaned up, I just, like, whacked him right in the eye socket. And I just kept on doing it back to back. And then um, the the B.I.s, like, they came in. And by this time, I was already walking out the room. So they just let me walk out. But then Justin got up, and he was trying to, like, charge at me. And they, they grabbed him, rainbow swooped him, boom, and he shit himself. Oh, wow. Like, 
they like picked him up over their heads and then and i i just i still feel bad about it because like he didn't do anything like that serious you know um but then they like rainbow swooped him and they jumped on his back and this is another this is a guy who works at uh pocahontas police department you know mm-hmm. he's like a really big dude and man like he could mess up guys his size all day long you know and he like puts his whole like jumps and like slams down on this guy's body and uh it's like a 14 year old you know like 13 14 year old kid yeah and uh dude just like poops all over himself and then they took him to the hospital he had to get uh orif plates in his eye socket and Not i'm from like the punches the- or the slam i assume yeah from the punches okay and uh so i walk out and my hands like already turning blue and i just like tried to make a fist a couple times didn't hurt so bad i like and then we went they took us to the school because that was early in the morning they took us to the school and they took me straight to uh i want to say that their name is like ward is their last name or something like that but it was like the big boss and his son and they were like they were just evil pure evil and they took me in there and they were like the B.I.s was telling them what happened and whatnot, and they were like, oh, well, you fucked up this time, huh? And I was like, man, I need something for my hand bad. They wouldn't give me any ice. They gave me no pain medication. I needed to go to the hospital. Like, I needed this to be wrapped up or casket or something. I needed something that happened. And still to this day, they ended up taking me, by the time it was already, like, you know, the bruising and stuff was damn near gone. They finally take me to the hospital, and they're like, "Well, we could just put you in a splint. That's all we can do." And yeah, so I had it's to probably already partially splint. healed too, healed yeah. in a wrong way. Yeah, and now I have bad arthritis in my my pinky and my ring finger on my right hand. I see. It sucks. Well, now, when you were there, was it called the Lord's Ranch, or did they call it Trinity Behavioral Health at that time? Yeah, Trinity. Okay. It had just changed. I think like two or three years prior. Okay. Yeah, I remember they had changed their name. They had, and I think they had done that because the Lord's Ranch had such a bad reputation that they wanted to mm-hmm. basically just be something different, and then yeah. you know start getting funding again, federal funding. Oh, and speaking of, was church or chapel optional for you at all? Uh, yeah, it was optional. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened if you didn't go to chapel? Uh, you just had to stay at the house. Wow, that's new. Cause yeah, when I was there, that was that was something that they uh they said it was optional, but it wasn't. They would tell people, "Well, your oh. option is to close your eyes and pretend you're not here, and that's your option." <laughs> that was wow. like, Jesus, really? Did you like? So whenever you were there, uh, was it like you can't talk to the girls, or else you'll get pointed? Yeah, so we couldn't talk to the girls, and we had to write essays, thousand-word essays, or I had to, or just write the same sentence like a hundred times. Like I, I would have to come up with a sentence. So I would just come up with sentences with really short words, and mm-hmm. write something like "I will never talk to the girls ever again," or something. Yeah, like, you know, you know, or what you know what I mean. I, I would just come and I just write that over and over again, and then, right, you know, that was kind of how it was for us. What about you guys? When you if if you got caught talking to the girls, or were you allowed to, or what was what was it like at that time? Uh, no, you know we 
boys being boys, we'd like try to pass notes and stuff. And if they caught you, um, like you said, they'd have, you have to write essays, but then you'd be on blackout. So they have like a point system where if you do something good and this is like where it was like an abuse of power on, on like the, the staff side, if you did something for them in turn, they'd give you like 3000 or 5,000 points, which is a lot. Or if you do like one good thing, like you make your bed right, you know, and you can bounce a quarter off of it, then they'll give you a thousand points. And so basically they were like buying these kids. But if you if you got caught talking to a girl or whatever, they put you on blackout. So you wouldn't get any points for that day. Any points that you had accrued were gone. You were zeroed out and you wouldn't be able to count up until like 8 a.m. the next day. Wow. And those points would give you like uh if you got like like a 30,000 point club or whatever, then you could go and like let you watch a movie and have popcorn, whatever, you know. I want to go home so bad. I'd just make it worse for myself if I did try to run away. I'm doing okay. I'm still a bit melancholy, but I'm trying and that's the important part, right? You know how you tell me, now go and do the right thing? It's bothering me. I'm ready to fix my life and to start over and make everything right, but I can't because I'm so far away. I'm completely separated from my life. How can I do the right thing and fix things when I'm not there? And I don't know when I'll even be there. It's so frustrating. I'm ready and willing, but my hands are tied. What am I supposed to do? We didn't have chapel service last night. We had two or three boys run away, so it got canceled. I can understand why they did it, but I could never do it. The risk outweigh the possible benefits, not to mention they'd probably just find me, bring me back, and add time to how long I have to be here, which I most definitely do not want. I'd rather serve out the rest of whatever my time is and earn my freedom than to run off and get lost and then have it stolen from me again and locked up even longer. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so... <clears throat> So you had a point system, and you had mentioned that staff had ba basically orchestrated kids getting jumped, and you said you got points for that. Yeah, they would they would incentivize like that's like what the older kids taught me. You know, it was like if you if you're on the staff side, then you'll get extras. You know, and like sometimes you know at snack time or whatever, whenever there was an extra, you know like treat in the box because you know there was like 10 to 12 people in this house or whatever if there was an extra they'd throw you an extra you know they'd be like oh no one's getting it until right before bedtime they'd call you out there and talk to you and let you eat it you know yeah now it's because you participated and stuff like that yeah it's basically like like we were like little hitters you know like little goons for them yeah so it sounds like they changed it up a bit. I guess there were so many reports of the staff slamming kids, and it sounds like they still did it, but yeah. they, they also made use of the kids. Because they actually did that with us one time, uh, just once. There was this guy who used to be in the uh, St. Louis military police that they hired, and they had us basically hold this kid hostage in a dark room and interrogate him. Anytime he lied, we'd be punching him and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The guy was like, just don't leave any marks. So we'd be yeah. hitting them and where the hair was and stuff, so you couldn't see anything. 
and you know stuff like that. So we did them in his head, but you couldn't really see any marks, obviously, because it's covered by the hair. Even though they shaved our heads, but you could still you could you still couldn't really see any bruising. And yeah, uh, so I do remember one incident of that, and uh, and then and then other staff got involved and. They said that we shouldn't have done that, and then we got in trouble for it. And then the staff member who had basically told us to, that we could do that or to do that, uh, he denied knowing anything about it. And mm-hmm. it was just, yeah, right. So it was just one of those things where you know I guess he could have lost his job. And I'm trying to think. So, so did you? Did Philander work there while you were there, or Alonzo, or Tyree? Yeah. Or? Yeah, Which, Alonzo was there. Okay. Did he I'm just trying still, to think. was he still preaching or what was he doing? Yeah, yeah, he was preaching. Hmm. What'd you think of him? Man, Alonzo was just like I don't know, he just had like a such a powerful presence, you know. But he was like silent a lot. Yeah, he kinda he, he was he was everybody listened. He was kinda stoic. I uh yeah. I never really had an issue with Alonzo if I'm being candid, you know, I mean if I did, I'd say it because I had an issue with a lot of the people there. But Luanza was yeah. one of the, one of the ones that, and maybe it's just because he was quiet. But he was he was definitely related to some assholes, you know, like Tyree Davis. I don't know if you ever met that guy, but he was a, he was a former NFL player, and uh, he was probably one of the worst staff members I had to deal with. Was uh, Gary Jackson still there? Gary Jackson. Is that big, big. He's like a big bald black guy. He's like a black Mister Clean. Gary Jackson. No, it doesn't ring a bell, honestly. Okay. Yeah, he, he like, might have, he might have been long gone. Like I said, this was years. You know, I mean, we're talking about close to a decade difference here, so that makes sense that he might have moved on to something else. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so there was there was. So staff would incentivize kids to beat up other kids that they didn't like. Mm-hmm. And and then as far as now, what did the staff do specifically to any of the kids? Do you remember anything? I know you talked about that one kid going after you. Do you remember seeing any kids get attacked um without showing any signs of violence? Maybe just for like talking back or anything like that? Uh yeah, for sure. That guy Dexter that I was talking about, he was he was a real hothead. Um, if a kid even slightly just pissed him off or just didn't do what he said, he would basically put him in this hold where he would make like a bar behind their arms and like squeeze their, their shoulder blades backwards. And then he just ram into the wall. I saw him do that quite a bit. Okay. And he just got away with it. Like nobody ever questioned it. And then I remember, you know, closer to the end of my stay, I was so cool with the staff. Um, that we would sit there and talk about, you know, like that stuff going on and how, and it was kind of like, it was like sadistic or something. I don't know. It was just like, he you really kinda, just got off on it, you know? Right. Like you get to the point where you're laughing with them about yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. You know what I mean? And that's, and yeah. that's, I kind of got that way too when I was there and that's kind of how it is. You kind of get brainwashed. It's like. I would liken it to, you know, being in the military and then they're laughing about blowing somebody's head off and in any other normal social circumstance, you know, it's crazy that somebody was decapitated, but 
You know, yeah. when, you're, when you're in wartime, it's you have a completely different mindset. And that's kind of what happened at the ranch. At first, everything comes as a shock, but you get used to it. And then, you know, yeah, it, it just becomes the norm at that point. Right. And you see other people react in a way that makes it seem like it's not a big deal. So you almost mimic that. And then yeah. in hindsight, you look back and you're like, well, I was kind of fucked up. That shouldn't have happened, you know? That's, yeah, sure. I, th- I think that's how it was for a lot of us where, you know, we didn't know. I mean, we knew that what they were doing was probably illegal. We knew yeah. what they were doing was wrong, but we just kind of, you know, we adapt. We adapt to our environments, you know? I mean, it's the whole nature versus nurture thing. You just kind of get used to mm-hmm. it. And yeah, so that's kind of, that, that was my experience too. Like, it was always interesting when the new kids came. We always got a kick out of it when the kids would show up with long hair, and we knew they were going to get their long hair shaved. Mm-hmm. And they didn't that was want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That See, was that was good. that's how it was. Yeah, there was this, I remember this one kid came with a big afro, and I was laughing. They were going to shave it, and there's yeah. this other kid who said he'd been growing his hair out for like six years or something, and he was like saying, "No, there's no way they're shaving my head. There's no way." He's like saying he's going to refuse to do it. They ended up shaving his head, and. And, uh, but yeah, that was just one of the things, or we knew that the new kids would be more prone to be mouthy with the staff until they mm-hmm. realized that the staff would kick the shit out of them for, right. you know, for anything, <laughs> you know, and, and it wasn't legal, but they would do it that way. Cause they're not supposed to just put their hands on you for being disrespectful. They're supposed to put their hands on you in a, in a if situation. Right, where, you're, where, where they're supposed to prevent violence, they're they're basically right. initiating violence constantly. Yeah, promoting it, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Rewarding it is the word. Like they'd reward, like their favorites, you know. Yeah. So, do you have any other uh, specific stories that you'd like to share about? I guess in, in, in any type of violence, any staff violence towards the residents. Yeah, I'd, I'd sure. be interested. I'd be interested in hearing some of those. Yeah, so uh, there's this guy Kia, and uh, I actually like him pretty regularly now. What was his uh, name? Pierre. Pierre. Yeah, with a Q. Pierre. Pierre. Oh, okay, gotcha. And uh, he was he was like a taller, you know, mixed dude, and uh, he just, you know, he had an attitude on him, you know. And uh, nobody could tell him shit, and that's just who he was. And uh, we've connected a lot since then. Um, but I remember one time, uh, it was actually Alonzo. Uh, Alonzo had him in a hold because me and Keith got into a fight, and uh, Anthony was there. And Anthony wasn't going to put me in a hold because me and him were like, we had like built a relationship. It was like, he was just like my big brother, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, so Anthony wasn't putting me in a hold and Anthony was like, why don't you just go shock, sock the shit up right now? And, I, and Anthony's a staff member. Yeah. What was his I, last name? Uh, Parton. Parton. Okay. I knew an Anthony. That's why I was curious. It's not the same one though. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, Took it quite literal. I grabbed one of the wash rags off of the house or off the uh the like counter in the house and I wrapped it around my hand and 
as Alonzo was like basically pulling this man's shoulder blades back, I just went over there and I just whacked them a couple times, you know, like full force. They didn't do anything to stop me. They just let it happen. And I blacked his eye damn, damn hard, you know. And uh, after that, I was like, I would hate for that to happen to me, you know. And that's, this was like my, this is probably like my eighth month there, you know. Okay. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, man, if I, I'm, I can't get on the wrong side of things. Like, I'm supposed to be leaving the next month, you know. They didn't knock any points off my card. They didn't say anything about it. Um, Alonzo didn't say anything while he's holding the kid? No, he didn't say nothing. He just held him back. It was like, I don't know, he had him in a hold, and I just punched him like three or four times. Wow. And And Did Anthony intervene at any point, or you just punched him and then kind of walked away? No, Anthony was just standing right there in the living room. Just He was like, why don't you just go sock the shit out of him? Because Kier was like annoying all of them, you know, like none of the staff like Kier. He's just like a little piss ant to them. Yeah. And so he was just tired of it and whatnot. And he was like, just go suck the shit out of him. And I grabbed the first thing that I could wrap my hand up with because I'm not trying to re-break my hand, you know. Sure. Wrapped it up and went over there and just, just pretty like calm and collected, you know, and just started punching him. Did they have any cameras there while you were there? No, like there was some cameras on the outsides of the buildings um, and then at the school, but there was none at the houses. Okay. And that's where most of the dirt took place, you know? Right. Yeah. Wherever there was no cameras and no proof of anything. And they yeah. can basically frame it however they want once they write up a report. Yeah. They can make their own story. Yeah, which was pretty common. There wasn't any cameras when I was there. That's why I was curious. And I had heard that they had put cameras in later. Um, so yeah, there that, was some that makes sense. outside of the, the chapel. Um, and then there was cameras like on the entryway of the school, you know, like where they parked the van and then that little breezeway that goes up into the school. But other than that, no CCTV. Right. Which staff members would you say were the most prone to put their hands on kids that kids were actually scared of because they were pretty likely to attack them? Yeah, it was definitely Dexter. And then there was one guy, uh, Mr. Logan, but he was like a smaller guy, you know. Um, Is he a white guy? Yeah. Shaved head? He kind of had like a military cut, you know, like short on top. Um, but like faded to the skin on the sides. Cause there was a Logan when I was there and, uh, he had gotten in trouble for passing notes with one of the girls. Uh, mm. so I'm wondering if it was the same guy, I'd be surprised, but I don't recall him ever getting let go or anything for it. I just know that he was basically waiting for the girl to age out and get out of there and so he could hook up Weird. with her. Yeah, that was, uh, I guess that was pretty common. So I've spoken with a lot of the girls that were there. And uh, yeah, the male staff, I mean, they, I mean, there was a lot of a sexual assault that went on there. And uh, that blew me away because my biggest thing was just how violent everybody was. But I didn't, I had no idea. You know, the only, the only things I had heard was like the note passing and stuff. I, I didn't know how deep it went. 
But uh, right. yeah, yeah, there was a, apparently there was a lot of that going on on the back end. And uh, I'm talking about girls, you know, young as like 13, 15, stuff like that. Mm. With full grown men, they're cheating on their wives. And, yeah. And there, and there were some people that ended up marrying staff members. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, particularly in the 90s, that happened a lot. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. How often did you get to see a licensed therapist? And how long did the sessions last, if you did? Man, I think, so, like, every time that my family would come, like, that they were able to come visit, I'd visit with a therapist. How often did your family come? Well, my family was, like, four and a half hours away, so they they couldn't make it, you know, often. Um, but they came, like, four or five times. Okay. And then I went like three passes right before I left, and that was basically it. So you only saw your therapist whenever you would get visits from your family? Yeah, I think I might have saw him like once whenever I first got there. But other than that, I don't recall ever like going down to the main office and visiting one-on-one without, you know, some extra thing going on. So over the course of 11 months, you got to sit down with your therapist uh, maybe six times? Maybe eight. Maybe eight. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, you le- you'd think they'd do it at least once a month, at least. And even yeah. then, that's not a lot. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, did the FBI ever raid the facility while you were there? No, they didn't raid the facility. Um, they We did have, like, this uh, constable, um, and he was asking this guy, I think his name either Ward or Warren or something like that. Um, but he was asking him questions. I don't know if they just knew each other or, or what that was, but um, that's as far as like I ever saw a police presence, you know? Yeah. They de- didn't want you to like have any outside contact for Dan. Um, whenever I was there, uh, somebody had hacked my Facebook and had, had messaged my mom which is really weird. And it was like, like the, and it wasn't me, I swear it wasn't me, but the, the messages was like, mom, I don't know where I'm at. I need you to come get me. And so my mom, of course, she called the place, you know, being concerned. And they came in there, they came in my room and like searched my room up and down. They put me on level one, which is where you can't go to school. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. And basically you just sit there all day. You're lucky if you get all three trays. And I did level one for a little while. Yeah, I hated it. You know, me too. (laughs) I I didn't even do anything, you know, like it wasn't me. They didn't find anything, but they were like, where's where's the GD phone? And I'm like, and it was like that big boss, you know, he was like, anytime that his reputation was on the line, like he was there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. I got sent to level one for something I didn't do, too. And and that's actually pretty common. I mean, it's been decades now. If we did something, we'd be willing to admit it. I I legitimately didn't do what they accused me of. Uh, They they accused me and I think it was like four or five other boys of hitting on the Spanish teacher. And uh, her name was Miss Marty and a redheaded girl, which not my type at all. 
and uh, <laughs> even when I'm locked up. But uh, they accused us of hitting on her, and then uh, they were basically mocking us, making us stand out in the cold in our T-shirts and jeans. And uh, Philander, he came up and snatched the beanie off my head. He was a big guy. He might he's already passed away, but so he might have he might have already passed away by the time you were there. But uh, and, and I think he's related to Alonzo. But um, at any rate, they sent us to level one for I think I was there for like three weeks to a month, something like that, for something mm-hmm. I and, and I just I I didn't do it and I I refused to say that I did and that you know they they just kept us there and none of us ever admitted to anything none of us I I don't know if it seemed to me that they were trying to come up with ways to make us seem worse than we were so they could keep us for longer and because. Yeah. Because if they can prove to the state that we're troubled teens, then they get additional checks. So there's foster there's foster care checks, and then there's the there's troubled teen checks. You know, if there's any proof that we're have any that we're a troubled teen at any point, then they can get extra money for that. And, I, and that's kind of what I think was going on. Um, but that's pure speculation on my part. But uh, it, it's surprising how many people I talked to who had similar experiences. Um, where they would do stuff like that, where they'd accuse them of stuff they didn't actually do. It sounds like it was a little different when you were there, though. I mean, the fact that chapel was optional when you were there, that's surprising. That's that's new uh, to me because uh, it definitely wasn't optional when we were there. Uh, mm. So that's that's actually really – that's a that's a new wrinkle for me. That's actually good to know because uh, th- that was one of the big things because they received federal funding, but they weren't obeying the separation of church and state. And right. uh, and yeah. legally, they cannot receive federal funding if it's you know just if if they're forcing religion onto people, and uh, right. that's that's what they were doing. Did you ever meet Ted? Uh, Ted Soul. Did you ever see that guy around? Uh, let me see. How do you spell that last name? Do you know? S U H L. Oh, that was the. That's the guy who like. It was Bud's son. So Bud Soul, I don't I don't know which year he passed away. He was he was getting pretty up there in age when I was there, but so I only talked to him a handful of times, but then I think it was past the Ted and Ted ended up getting in trouble and Yeah, and, for uh, fraud. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. fraud and bribery and then Place he ended got, up uh, down. And then uh and then he got out. President Trump had uh he didn't pardon him. I forgot what it, what the term is, but essentially he gets out of jail, but it still stays on his record. Um, mm. They commuted a sentence. That's what it was. So, yeah, that was somebody who was directly affiliated. And I've heard stories of him choking girls and stuff like that because he was caught sneaking around with one of the female residents back in the 90s. And mm. Yeah. But it sounds to me, though, I mean... There's a lot of similarities to when I was there. The fact that they had you guys, the fact that they would give you points for beating up kids. I mean, how, how many times do you recall that happening? Was that just that one time or was that, no, uh, that was, commonplace? Yeah, that was common for sure. Really? Like at least once a week, somebody was getting rewarded for taking care of something. Really? Yeah. Wow. Was it ever in front of cameras or was it always at the houses? Well, you know, it would be like predetermined, you know, it'd mm-hmm. be like talked about, you know, or okay, well, 
chapel or yeah yeah like that you know like like honestly if i would have talked to anthony and been like like you're gonna give me some points for doing it he'd have been like yeah 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 for sure go ahead and then i could have done it and got some points but i was already in the in the mode you know right but yeah that happened a lot and then did you ever get in trouble? So like, let's say a staff, one staff member told you to do something and you guys did it. Did you guys ever get in trouble by another staff member for doing it? Or was it just completely washed away? Like, huh? Yeah. Like everybody's hands were clean, but it was like, it was like a thing where if you did get in trouble, then you took the fall. You know what I mean? Yeah. But as far as like staff getting in trouble or staff finding out or whatever, it was it was such a common thing that if this kid went and told this staff member, that staff member does it too. You know what I mean? Like he's he's gonna be like, Oh wow, yeah, I don't believe you, you know? Yeah. Sure. So it was that kind of thing. Um So they just deny but, knowing anything about orchestrating these kids getting jumped. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they, what, was that was that a curb stomping? Was that probably the worst injury you saw then? Yeah. yeah, I've seen like fingers get dislocated, stuff like that, um, yeah. just from staff just being dicks. But as far as like the stitches and this guy like losing like four front teeth, you know, that was as bad as it it got for me. Did the ranch pay for his teeth to get fixed, or did they just leave it as is? As long as I was there, he didn't ever get any new teeth. Really? Yeah. He wow. just never sent him to an orthodontist or a dentist or anything like that. Not that I know of. Let me see. Um, this guy's name is Parker. I'm trying to find him on Facebook. A lot of the people that I was there with, um, like I, I still know them now, you know, and like keep up with them. Like Kier and this guy Kareem from Alaska, uh, Shaha Wahlberg, uh, yeah, I'm from I'm from Alaska actually myself. Yeah, I didn't um, know they were still sending Alaskans down there at that time. Yeah, man, but they would keep them for a long time. Yeah, they, that's what they would try to do. They try to keep the Alaskans. I, I there were two Alaskans that I knew while I was there, and they graduated there. I left before they did, and that was because my mom intervened. And I didn't even know my mom intervened until she told me maybe like two months ago. So like two months ago, she tells me. Oh yeah, I had I had to get you out of there. And I was like, "What? I thought I thought they let me out." And she's like, "No." Yeah. She's like, "They didn't want you out yet. I had to do something. I had to I had to step in." And I was like, yeah. "What?" It's like that's crazy. And it seems like that and, and that happened with a ton of kids. I mean, a ton of kids. I think they just it's like they just wanted to get every penny they could out of anybody that was in their clutches. You know what I mean? Yeah. My grandma still to this day. She's like. You know, well, it was just because you were, you, you weren't like, you know, actually crazy or anything. Like you were just a normal person. You just had like some, you were just like a troublemaker, you know. Right. So whenever you got there, they were like, oh, this guy's normal. Let, let's keep him for as long as we can because he's not a problem child, you know. Right, right. Then you had people with like fetal alcohol syndrome disorder who, you know, were actually like crazy and they had like manic disorders like they would just like be bipolar and adhd and like really 
off the wall, they'd go from like chill to ten in like no matter a uh, matter of seconds, you know. Yeah. And those are the people who they don't want there. Right. The yeah. Be there. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. If you think of anything else that you'd like to share, just let me know. And like I said, if, if any of your if anybody you know wants to talk to me, well, I'm pretty flexible. All right, for sure. I'm about to I'm messaging a couple people now. Cool. All right. Well, it's been good talking to you, Caden. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get this out there and hopefully we'll make a difference. Yes, sir. All right. You have a good one. All right, peace. All right, see you, buddy. Okay, so that was Caden Fair. I think one of the things I found most fascinating about that conversation was there were changes over the years. Some sound better, like the cameras, but it sounds like there weren't very many, and there were a lot of blind spots. I mean, I can't imagine you could cover that whole area to where there's no blind spots. I mean, the cameras aren't at the houses or anything. I mean, there's there's so many places where you can go where the, a camera's just not going to catch anything other than a thief maybe trying to break into a building. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of that those things could be used for. So that was one thing. The church thing was another thing, too. In 2012 or 2013, whichever one he was there for, they had the option of going to church. So I thought that was pretty cool too as well. Overall, I thought it was a pretty interesting conversation. There was a lot of violence going on in 2012, 2013. So I guess some aspects never change. We'd like to thank Justin Andrus Sr., a.k.a. Crew L.A., Black Tuba, for all the music he made on this podcast. He's talented, so if you want to reach out to him, we'll put a link to his social media in the description box. We'd also like to thank Gnostic Concepts for their original artwork and animations. Their commissions page is open to an array of requests, ranging from original character concepts to detailed wide-scale scenery. So if you're interested in receiving a service from them, a link to their social media will be provided in the description box as well. For everybody who took time out of their day to help make this podcast a reality, we want to thank all of you. Without each and every one of you, none of this would be possible. Let justice be served, though the heavens may fall. It's never too late to right another wrong. We'd also like to dedicate this podcast to Deanna Fields. Rest easy, D. You'll always be missed and never be forgotten.